This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hey, Flamethrowers, Amira here, and it is my absolute pleasure to be joined today by Shiz Suzuki, the Assistant Vice President of Sponsorship and um, Experimental Marketing at AT&T. Now, one of the things that I have loved so much about learning about Shiz's career is the way that she has used the platform of AT&T to evolve their sponsorships, in particular, the innovative partnerships with the NBA and especially the WNBA in particularly brokering these you know, deals that we haven't seen before. AT&T, I believe, became one of the first non-apparel sponsors to appear on every jersey, help broker you know, facilitate this massive new deal in the CBA, and also uh, created an entry into esports and gaming partnerships. And through her position at AT&T, has helped raise the visibility in sports um, for women across the board. Now, this conversation is long overdue. I've always wanted to reach out and talk about how branding and marketing can be a crucial point of access and opening up access to women, particularly women of color in sports. But I was uh, <laughs> reminded of this again this week as the Miami Marlins announced their hire of Kim Ng to the uh, general manager position, which is about a decade overdue, but we still absolutely love to see it. And I knew I had to reach back out to Shiz to ask her um, about her um, immediate reaction to this and then segue into a conversation about what it means to be an Asian American woman within the sporting realm. So Shiz, welcome to Burn It All Down. Amira, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you here. So I'll just start right off the top. This week, the Miami Marlins announced the hiring of Kim Ng. And one of the things that I saw on Twitter was the outpouring of support and excitement from women in baseball, from women of color, and particularly from Asian American women who were seeing representation at one of the highest positions in the sporting world, which is something so rarely seen. Now, when I think about Asian American women in sports, my list is very short, unfortunately. Um, and yet, y'all are out here and you are, you know, on the court, behind the scenes. And so I wanted to ask you first and foremost, what was it like to see this news this week? And what, you know, do you think is the state of representation of Asian American women in sports? I was completely elated. I mean, talk about 
incredible news, groundbreaking news, so long overdue. I mean, there's just so many emotions around this, right? I, I think, I mean, listen, as an Asian woman, as a woman of color in this sports world, I mean, this is something that it's almost one of those factoids that people have a hard time believing that in the year 2020, right, that this is the first female GM for a male sports organization. And I think, I don't think anybody's actually done the research here, but I, I know I've read that that people believe that this might be the highest level or highest role, if you will, in male sports that has been achieved by a woman, woman of color. So, I mean, this is really an incredible, um, you know, call it breaking through the glass or the bamboo ceiling, kind of all of those things happening at once. And and certainly as an Asian woman, I, I am so deeply proud to to see this momentum, right, of, of things happening. You know, there was an interview that Kim did yesterday, and I was so proud to hear her say you know, that she's very proud and she realizes and understands this responsibility that she has on her shoulders. And, you know, as Asian women, I'm an immigrant. I, I came from Japan. I was raised to be, you know, long time ago is about being that that perfect Asian woman, right? And their stereotypes, of course, that all come along with that, which I have long since burned in that pile um, that you, I know y'all talk about, but, um, but certainly, right, humility, like extreme humility is one of those traits. And I was so proud to hear her say how proud she is and how she has taken it, you know, on her shoulders, right? Because she understands the importance of what she represents for so many other women out there in the sports space. So, damn, I was proud. I mean, what an incredible moment. Yeah. I love that. Now you mentioned, you know, you have this immigrant story. Now, how did sports factor in to your life um, when you think to your childhood? Because you didn't grow up a huge sports fan, right? I didn't. Um, I have a very unique story on how I um, how I landed in this position that I have now. I mean, it is not lost on me. I, I head up one of the largest sponsorships portfolios in the U.S., and the story of getting here is definitely not a typical one. I, I was an immigrant from Japan, like I mentioned earlier. My parents and I, it's your typical immigrant you know, story, right? It's $200 in a dream. Um, we, we landed in Minnesota in a tiny town called Litchfield, one stoplight, one McDonald's, an incredible place to grow up in. And although my dad watched golf, um, he was an avid golf fan, but other than that, we couldn't afford cable. My parents were working all the time. You know, sports was more of a luxury growing up. And so, you know, I, I did not really, I, I didn't participate in, in school sports or, or in sports growing up. Um, I know a lot of colleagues that that are in my role, right? I mean, these are incredible collegiate, sometimes even Olympic athletes that I am, you know, talking to um, that I, I, I mean, listen, I mean, that's is so incredible of, of what they have done and overcome. Um, my storyline of, of how I got here is a, a little bit more different from that. Certainly the same amount of, you know, I'll call it grit and perseverance, but it's just a little bit of a different story, perhaps. Um, but I have been very fortunate. Um, you know, so at AT&T, I came in through, it was a college hire program. So I came straight from business school um, into a leadership development program. 
I mean, I started right at the ground floor. I managed a call center. It was union organized right there in San Ramon, California. Um, I did some time in a hard hat and boots out in construction um, in South San Francisco, um, installing copper. Um, some of the, you know, very non-traditional female roles. Um, and um, I, I think those are the elements that certainly define people's careers, right? Taking on those challenges that you never really imagine or think of, but are certainly incredible character building opportunity and leadership building opportunities. And still to this day, I, I tell people all the time that those types of roles of um, leading teams in the front lines, frankly, those are those same experiences that still pay off for me and, and help me today in the role that I'm in. I've had, this is my ninth role with the company. I've been so fortunate um, to have these really incredible opportunities. I've supported our chairman and CEO, Randall Stevenson, who has just retired, um, you know, through some of the most incredible moments of our company's timeline, including the Warner, Time Warner acquisition a few years ago. Um, and now, of course, I've, I'm in my third year overseeing the sponsorships portfolio, which you know, is a huge representation and driver of our brand and marketing initiatives. So um, it has definitely been an untraditional path. And certainly I, I always tell people, if you want untraditional results, you have to hire untraditional people for those roles. I love that. Now, you know, I, I want to go back to what you're saying about, you know, stereotypes. And I think that one of the things that happens when you get people looking at like a dearth of say, Asian American women's representation in sports, people lean into those stereotypes and automatically are like, oh, here are these kind of traditional gender roles. But how has your experience been, you know, navigating gender roles, both in a Japanese context and in American one? And the reason why I'm thinking of this question is one of my colleagues, Jeff Luther, has covered, you know, women's baseball in Japan, which has bar none the best women's baseball in the world. And that upends a lot of these stereotypes, right, about quote unquote traditional gender roles. And so my guess is that it actually is much more fluid in both contexts than we give it credit for. I'm wondering how you navigated gender roles, both within your house, within your family, but also growing up among American boys. Wow, that is an incredible question. I've never been asked this before, I got to tell you. Um, I mean, there is such, I mean, we could probably have a whole nother hour about, you know, call it that dual mentality that, I mean, actually, and it's not just immigrants, right? I think it's a lot of people who grew up, grow up in multicultural families or biracial kids, right? Like I know my niece and nephew are biracial and I know they have their own journeys that they navigate. You know, listen, I think that there is definitely call it, um, in Asia, right, I'm going to generalize a little bit here, but definitely in Asia, there's definitely that, call it traditional kind of female view, if you will, and you're absolutely right in those, um, the Japanese um, baseball players, I mean, they are, they are doing their thing, and I'm so proud of them for doing that, um, and I think navigating, sometimes it is just about it is about being true to who you are. It is about the confidence. It is about um, 
being okay with making other people uncomfortable. You know, whenever there's change, whenever you're trying to do something different, now now I'm kind of answering the the entire thing, but like growing up even, you know, thinking about the American boys. I know, um, you know, back in the day, like, I mean, I was probably four, I don't know. And all the all the kids in my neighborhood were, were all boys of my age. And so, you know, we're always running around and playing out in the fields, what have you. And when the lights come on at night, that's the time to go home. And, uh, you know, I remember the boys used to tell me, you know, girls don't go to war. And they'd say, you stay here at the fort and we're going to go, I don't know, play war, whatever it was, right? And I remember even at that age, like, this is such a crazy thing. Like, it was so ironic that they're like, women don't go to war, which I didn't know if it was a fact or not at that age. But yet those same boys would come knock on my door every single morning to walk to school together. And the reason why was there was this neighbor that was on our path to school and there were these dogs that would bark and they were all scared of the dog. I was the only one who wasn't scared of the dog. And of course, I'm the only female, so go figure. Even at that age, I remember the irony in that. But um, I think it's just about... I, I think it's just having the courage to like taking chances. It's always, it's also the courage of making other people uncomfortable. Now, what you do with that is, you know, that's another choice, right? I know um, for me now, obviously in a, in a professional environment, when you realize, you know, perhaps you're pushing envelopes and doing things that are making people uncomfortable. It's about how do you manage that change? How do you, how do you help people along with that journey? And, you know, kind of the same thing as Kim Ang had talked about her feeling this responsibility. You know, I also feel that level of responsibility of call it the macro and micro level actions that we take frankly, I take every single day as being in this role, the choices and decisions I make on whether it be property decisions, whether it be activation decisions, the people I hire, the agency I work with and the people they hire and, um, you know, all of those things, right? And, and certainly that all kind of comes together as part of the overall, I'll call it the AT&T movement, which I'm really proud of. Um, but, you know, there is certainly a level of you've got to be okay with that, like, you know, uncomfortableness. That That is just a reality. Um, and you know what? Everybody's on their own journey, right? I, I told somebody recently that, you know, there is a level of comfortableness in my own skin that took me a very long time to get to in terms of being comfortable with my own voice, you know, uh, and being confident in the things that I'm saying and what matters and all of those things, but you know, everybody has their own journey for me. Perhaps it took a little bit longer, um, but I am certainly much more powerful for it, better leader, better aunt and sister and daughter for it. So as we all know, 2020 has already reshaped how we work. It's almost over. Uh, but businesses across the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient. And guess what, friends? Indeed is here to help. Indeed, what is Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. It helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause at any time. This is my favorite. As someone who forgets to cancel things and is very ADHD, 
Um, Amir, can you relate? Uh-huh. Do, yes. Do you have, you have yes. a few things on your account that just like, oops. Keep going. <laughs> yes. So there yes. are no long-term contracts. No long-term contracts. You um, don't have to end up with DAZN for a year. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Shireen. And also hope DAZN is not a sponsor of us. <laughs> Uh, So instant match. Now, this is an exciting thing. Uh, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly is instant match. It delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed... Okay, this is a... I like this line. Making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Woo! Here is our call to action right now. Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Shireen, what's the credit? I have no idea. It is a free $75 credit. Amira, what's the credit? It's a free $75 credit. Thank you. At Indeed. God, I was ready and you didn't call well, wait, me. I, Jessica, I thought Jessica okay. was going to okay, do ready. it. I'm ready. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. This is their best available offer anywhere. Jess, what is that website? Uh-oh. Indeed.com. <laughs> Indeed.com slash blue wire. Indeed.com slash blue wire. I have it. Indeed.com. Go there right now before you forget it. Um, because we forget things. Uh the offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. We definitely just did an entire segment on data and sports and did not talk about betting. You might be wondering why. Wow. It's because we don't know anything about betting. I don't know how many times I can keep telling y'all that. I have no idea. I keep telling you that. I keep telling my uncle that. Like, I don't know how many more ways we could say. I don't know. But, again, if you are somebody who likes to bet and knows what to bet on and what all those numbers mean, I can say, I can pretend, I'll be like, take the over, take the under. I go against the spread. They're negative five. I'll take them and the points. I can pretend a lot. But the people you really want to turn to is bet online because they give you every possible chance to win this season. They have game spreads and totals and teams and players and coaching props and prop bets are a thing that I'm going to say. Again, I don't know what that means, but Bet Online does. So go there. They give you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their um, bonuses, wager on wins, division championship features all day, every day. So please head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And you said one of the people who've gone on the journey that you've been able to see is your father and that you've been able to be in this kind of evolution where, you know, you are serving now as an inspiration and a catalyst for change for your needs. So everybody's kind of building these legacies on top of each other. Yeah, my dad is one of the most hardworking individuals. I don't want to get emotional here. Um, You know, he was the dreamer who wanted to always come to the United States, and he did, and we did, and here we are. And, um, growing up, I'll never forget. He, he, he used to say sometimes to me, he'd say, you know what it is, 
it's too bad that you weren't born a boy. And, you know, when you're younger, I mean, you think your parents know everything. And, and I couldn't understand why. And he would say, well, you know, because he grew up, right, in a generation and in a world in Asia where being male afforded you all the opportunities, right? Whether that be as a leader position, whether that be as higher ranking roles within a company, everything, everything was attached to that. Meaning as a woman, you weren't afforded as many of those opportunities. And so his comment came from a place of good intent and grace, right? He, he was simply saying, gosh, I want more for you than what I think. Now, I think the beautiful thing, and, and one of the things that I am so proud of, is that that outlook has completely changed, right? And certainly, you know, 40 years in the United States will do that to you. But, you know, now he, he sees it and he's like, holy crap. And you have a part in it, right? Which is, I mean, you know, as, as daughter is like one of the most incredible things is to have your father say these types of things to you, like, I'm so proud and et cetera. And, you know, by the way, like this is my father, you know, there, there were moments, you know, I will never forget. Like, I remember we were in high school. He was in between jobs. His English isn't that great. And he, he had never put a resume together before. And I'm, you know, trying to help him put his resume together and people wouldn't hire him oh my gosh, I am going to get emotional. <laughs> and, you know, and he decided that he was going to go to all these companies. And what he did was he said, I'm, I offer to work for you for free for a month. And I guarantee you that you will not regret hiring me. And I will never forget that. And so that level of work ethic and what he did and, you know, to, to make sure that he could put food on the table for the rest of us. Um, that is certainly, um, those are the things that I think about. And so when I get up in the morning, I, I do think about, you know, of course, right? What, what did my parents sacrifice and what did they do to get us to where we are today? I certainly owe it to them. I certainly owe it to the company that, that put their, placed their bets and their chips on, on me, somebody who had never had experience in sponsorships before. And I certainly do it for my four-year-old niece, my biracial niece, who is growing up in a world where I want her to know that she's got all sorts of opportunities. I want her to know she can be the CEO. She can be in that boardroom. She could be, you know, in my seat and not be the only woman of color at the negotiations table. Right. And I certainly don't want her to face some of the, you know, the things that we need to burn down, <laughs> continue to burn down in the world today. Right. Like when I show up with somebody who's a man and for them to think that I report to them, like, come on now, people, this is 2020. Let's, let's get it together. Right. So that's what I honor. Yeah. When I get up in the I morning. Love that. And, and I will <laughs> pivot here. Cause I, I think that's so beautifully said. And I think about, um, you know, you can't be what you can't see in the role of visibility and representation. It's not everything, but boy, it's something, you know what I mean? Because oh, one of the things amen. that I that I love the most was actually from earlier this year in the before times, right before we locked down, when the WNBA announced its you know new sparkling really uh, blueprint. They set the standard here with the CBA, and there we have friend of our friends of the show, Leisha and Neka, um, you know, who've been on Burn It All Down, and then uh, Kathy, of course, and then you're right there, you know, in this picture, and I love that picture. Because one of the things that I think that, you know, we often miss from this conversation is that brand and marketing has such a crucial role to play in the sponsorship 
of women's sports. And oftentimes, of course, here on Burn It All Down, we're talking about how capitalism has oftentimes constrained the ability to invest in women's sports. But I think that the flip side of that is we're seeing, you know, especially through your work, how it's also opening opportunities from the court to the sidelines to the boardroom. And so I'm thinking here about the WNBA, but also, you know, esports is like a whole new world to me. But what are the possibilities that you see moving forward for women within these sporting spaces, you know, these sponsorship portfolios being one of the one of the hands on deck, right, to even the playing field? I mean, there is so much to discuss here. I mean, the investment in women's sports, I'll call it that, is probably one of the best kept secrets out there. I mean, generally, it is a, from a financial perspective, it is less expensive than men's sports, which means every company with every level of investment, right? I, I get, you know, some, some people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's with at and She's got deep pockets. No, I'm talking about the fact that there are so many opportunities for companies at all levels to get behind and to be partnered with world-class athletes, right? And so, this number one is that number two is that generally they are younger and much more nimble, meaning they are, you know, they want to co-create with you. They want to create things with you. Like the change makers program was one of them for us. It's, you know, being the first non-apparel brand on all 12 WNBA jerseys is another. It's this, this ability to co-create things that is a value for each other. I think, you know, and, and getting access to some really incredible assets that you typically wouldn't get with men's sports. And, and the reality is some of that is around content and storytelling and in a platform. And, and frankly, you know, that level of engagement that you can do with the athletes, with the team, with the league, that, you know, that is frankly what you're trying to do. You're trying to engage your fan base, your customer base. That's what it's all about. And so, you know, I always tell everybody that women's sports is certainly one of the best kept secrets in sponsorship. So if brands and companies are not in it today, I mean, this is definitely something to look at. I think for us, right, we always, obviously, there always has to be a brand fit, if you will, there has to be something that ties together, you know, so for us, the W, we're also, um, you know, sponsors of the US women's national team for soccer as well, as well as USA basketball, um, both men's and women's, but, um, you know, ultimately, there has to be that level of fit. So those are things like, does this allow us to um, create incredible and differentiated technology stories, for instance, right? Like, you know, to be able to integrate 5G in really unique and authentic ways. There's there's things of the, like that, obviously, from a business perspective that we certainly want to to make sure that we're, we're telling stories of. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, right, like, you know, when people talk about women's sports and why, I mean, women are, I think it was 85% of household decisions are made by women. So why would you not, right? It, it makes business sense. Now, in order to, you know, call it connect with that customer base, certainly you have to be in the, in the right partnerships and the right places where women are fan bases of. You also have to hire, you know, so within the company itself, right? Like if you hire diverse people into your workforce, you will inherently create products and services that are more reflective of, right, your customer base. And so for us, customer base is general United States, 18 above. And for that, we need to have a workforce that is reflective of that. And we will create better products and services that are better geared for that. And frankly, also from an advertising and marketing perspective as well, you will create messaging 
that will better connect with your customer base. And so, you know, on the on the back side of it, from a hiring corporate brand perspective, there is that. Now, from the decision making and the things that we want to go do with our partnerships, especially like the WNBA, you know, in that in the change maker moment, I'll call it the moment because it happened right after it was at the very beginning of the year. And to have this opportunity to be with Kathy and NECA and Shanae, I mean, that was I will remember that moment for the rest of my life because that is a, a reminder of the things that we as a brand can impact and help. And certainly there is the obvious financial component of it, right? However, outside of that, right, it's about how do we really support the women um, both on and off the court in ways that are really authentic to what they need. And this year, obviously, with COVID and the um, what ended up happening with the bubble or the wobble, right, the WNBA bubble, um, it was a unique situation where we had to get really creative. We had to kind of scrap all the, the ideas we had for the season and kind of start over. And so for us, we started from a place of first and foremost, let's make sure the women stay connected to the people and the family and the folks that they love. So we gave them, um, each of them, a 5G phone and service and all of that. And then we also wanted to make sure while they're in the wobble, they're connected to the content that they love the most. So we also gave them HBO Max service as well. So that way they had both. And that was just the beginning. We wanted to make sure that they knew that people in the industry, people within the league, you know, that everybody was cheering them on as they tipped off this really incredible season. And we put together um, this video titled To Those Who Wish You Good Luck. And it had, you know, everybody from Vivica Fox to LeBron James to others that wish them good luck on their journey as they tipped off the season. And what we wanted to do was combine all of this into a macro level story that was told on um, national television it was on abc during the tip-off because we wanted to show you know to other brands to other viewers out there that listen this is an athlete base that is absolutely incredible and others frankly should be in this space and supporting them right um there's other things like for example i know in sports marketing um there's always kind of this push pull and debate over you know what needs to happen to increase the amount of women's sports on broadcast and i know there's I mean, the stats on this are staggering. I think it's like less than 4% of media coverage is women's sports, which is crazy to me, but it is sadly true. Um, and so things like um, when the WNBA draft happened, I know everybody talks about NFL draft and, and Goodell and, and no offense, but like, let's just say Kathy Engelbert and the WNBA and their draft came first. That was the week Absolutely. before. Like, yes, right. And originally it was supposed to be on ESPN too. And we're all scratching our heads like, why is this on ESPN2? What else is going on this Friday, right? And so we we made a couple phone calls over to ESPN, great broadcast partners, and we said, listen, let's help each other out here. And guess what? The, the draft got moved to ESPN, where it should be, and we tripled our investment in media buys that night. So it was to prove the point, right? And then guess what happened? Viewership, I think it was like the second highest rated that night, 123% in terms of viewership year over year. So, you know, much better ratings than the year before. And frankly, 
I hope millions more people got to see and hear the stories of these incredible women that maybe they weren't exposed to before, right? Sometimes you got to start from a place of awareness. And so, listen, these are those little things, you know, again, macro and micro level things that we can do um, to help basically elevate the women in the space, both on and off the court. And, you know, and that kind of strings through, call it all of our properties, whether that be in esports, entertainment or other. Well, I, I could talk to you forever, but I thank you so much. I like, you know, sometimes you have to wear, raise awareness. And I think it's so important to, you know, reach out and talk to you on this week of heightened visibility to, to be able to say, look, here's another badass Asian American woman in sports who is absolutely kicking ass at AT&T, who we should all know. But thank you so much for giving us some insight about uh, your journey, right, and some of the work that you have going on. I can't thank you enough for taking the time out to speak with us on Burn It All Down. And of course, I have to shout out my absolute best friend in the world, Selma Breezottle. Well, no, that's not her name anymore, I guess. Selma Keith. <laughs> who introduced me to Shiz. And thank you all for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.